Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on guys? Unfortunately, I couldn't bring you the recap version of this final video of the regular season, but I will give it to you as best I can with even better quality. Just sorry I couldn't get an immediate reaction out. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcast. Follow us on Spotify and of course to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Many of those will be used a lot more this offseason. So, wow, guys, I can't believe I'm saying it. The Milwaukee Bucks are the 2021 NBA champs. I mean, it wasn't out of the realm of possibilities. I would have put them in, I think I may have put them in my top five best candidates to win the chip before the season started. Um, Going into the playoffs, I didn't think that they would be the one that do it. I thought they could maybe get to the finals, but I just didn't think that they were. I just didn't think that this year's team, I didn't think Giannis was ready quite frankly. And I think a lot of people shared that sentiment. And they proved us all wrong. Did they get some luck along the way? Yes, the Nets got hurt, and I think the Nets would have still beaten them. But does that take away anything from their run? Not one bit. Because this ain't the first time a team has won a championship with injuries. I mean, let's look at last year. Lakers probably would have still won the series, but you never know. If you're a Heat fan, you can always say if Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo had played every game, you never know. If Kevin Durant and Steph uh, Clay Thompson had played every game in 2019, you never know. If Draymond Green hadn't gotten suspended in Game 5, you never know. So we can play this game all day throughout history. Injuries happen, and ultimately one team has to rise to the occasion and beat the rest, and that team this year was the Milwaukee Bucks. For the second time in their history, they are the NBA champions. 1971, 50 years ago, and the title's back in Milwaukee. And I have to say, I'm really honored to witness history like that. It's amazing to see a small market team win. You know, it's been Lakers, Warriors, LeBron. I mean, obviously, Cleveland winning was awesome because that's a small market team. But LeBron, you know, it's, it's to see the Milwaukee Bucks, the small market Milwaukee Bucks, don't get that many nationally televised games. Media was trying so hard to push Giannis out of Milwaukee these last two years. And he said, no, screw that. I'm going to win a championship here in Milwaukee in front of the fans that uh, have supported me since I was drafted with Chris Middleton, who I've been with the whole way. I'm going to re-sign with Milwaukee. And when Giannis re-signed, I said I loved it. But there were so many people out there saying, well, Giannis doesn't want to win. Giannis doesn't want to join a super team. He ain't going to win shit. Well, guess what? Luck, improvement, and just, I want to say good karma, you know, befell upon the Bucks and Giannis because everything worked out for them this year. Everything. Let's start with, you know, the first round they had to play against a not a very easy Miami Heat team that beat them in the bubble last year. And the Drew Holiday effect, and obviously the Heat weren't as good, but the Drew Holiday effect took full force uh, that first round. You can see the difference between getting rid of Eric Bledsoe and replacing him with Drew Holiday right away, you know, sweeping the Miami Heat. And then, of course, I mean, sweeping them was a statement. That just showed you the difference of hunger 
that the Bucks had. But when I saw them play against the Brooklyn Nets, there were so many times where you can go back to my recaps that are on the channel. So many times where I was like, Giannis is just every couple of plays he makes me want to pull my hair out watching him. You know, Chris Middleton takes bad shots. Drew Holiday, you know, takes bad shots. And I just didn't think that they had the IQ to win the championship. I said it multiple times. I don't think the Bucks are smart enough to win a championship. And I was wrong. And I'll take my full L on it. And I'm okay with it. You know, I've, I've definitely, these first two seasons of Dime Dropper, not predicted the right champion. I'm not saying the finals. I did predict the Lakers to beat the Heat. But I'm just saying, like, going into the season. Actually, I don't think I make championship picks going into the season. So, I guess going into the playoffs, though, I make championship picks. And I wouldn't say the Bucks. And... Obviously, I said last year I said the Clippers, so I've been wrong both times, but it is what it is. I'm not here to be a prediction guru. I'm here to break down the game, and let's break down game six. You know, all the pressure was on both teams, but the Suns, you know, backs against the wall. You don't want to lose four games in a row, especially in the finals, to lose. And the I will say this about the Bucks crowd. If you were at that game, all the Bucks fans, you brought it. That was one of the loudest crowds of the playoffs, if not the loudest. And that's a game where if you're at the game, kind of similarly to how we were at game six for the Clippers, you just can't let your team lose. Like, you got to do everything you can to make sure every shot feels like it's a game winner. Every stop feels huge. The defense is sharp. You know, you need to make sure that you push that momentum so that the other team gets rattled on every play. You force the other coach to call timeouts. And for the most part, I think that's what the crowd did. And you knew what kind of game it was for Giannis right away. He's been so aggressive in this series. And he was doing it again, starting out with, uh, starting out in better positions with the ball, 12 feet away or elbows. You know, that takes one or two dribbles to have to charge to the basket. You got to make a quicker decision if you're the defender in that, st- in that instance, as opposed to what Giannis used to do when he lost in 2019 and 20, dribbling at the three-point line top of the key and taking like three dribbles, running start, and just charging in and running into the wall. I also think that, the trust in guys like Drew and Chris Middleton are part of the reason why Giannis got so many better looks. He was able to roam off ball more. He was able to play harder defense. He was able to be the screener in pick and rolls, which we've talked about all playoffs long, is way more effective for Giannis. And I thought that yesterday, uh, the Bucks just started out really good. And it was a very good defensive, tough game, gritty. But I just don't think that the Suns started out with the right urgency again and I think that the stars mainly Booker, Aiton, and and Chris it was terrible in that first quarter Book was turning the ball over he looked rattled he was missing his mid-ranges Chris Paul was missing his mid-ranges and Aiton looked scared and in that first quarter the Bucks led 29 to 16 after one but it felt like for a second that the game was going to turn into a repeat of game five but the opposite side where the Bucks I'm sorry the Suns made a comeback in that second quarter similarly to how the Bucks made that comeback in the second quarter of game five and I think that's what they did and I think it started with Chris Paul I think that Chris and campaign campaign played very well but he only played 10 minutes and in those 10 minutes he was plus nine and at 10 points and so that's a questionable decision by Monty. Suns fans, drop a comment in the video if you think that Monty Williams didn't give Campaign enough minutes in the series, because I believe he didn't. And I also think that Campaign should have just gotten more minutes in this game. And Cam Johnson, 16 points, 1 of 5, and 1 of 4 from 3. He was great all playoffs long, but he did not play well enough in this game. 6, 1 of 5. Only 16 minutes, though, so you can't put too much blame on him. But, you know, you, you expect it a little better. And then Chris Paul, though, in that second quarter, I think that's where he started to wake up because what happened was Drew Holiday 
has just been such an incredible defender all playoffs and, you know, for years now. But what's happened in this series is whenever he's guarding Chris Paul, Chris Paul doesn't do anything, and then Booker gets gets off, like we saw in games four and five. Then when he guards Booker, Chris Paul starts getting off. So it's basically whoever Drew Holiday's not guarding gets the advantage. And Booker was rattled. He was losing the ball. There were a couple plays where Drew Holiday just straight up textbook ripped him, like, off the playgrounds. Like, there was one play where Book pump faked. Drew Holiday closed out so well. And that's one thing I'm very critical of in today's NBA. Some of these guys just don't know how to make fundamental closeouts. I know part of it's because you want to respect. The shooters now have to get more respect. There's so many shooters out there. But there's still bad fundamentals on closeouts. Booker pump fakes. Drew Holiday, you know, closes out well. And not only closes out well, he guesses that he's going to step to his right, steps in front of him, takes the ball, and we're going down the other way from Milwaukee. And that's just brilliant defense. And Book was struggling, and Chris Paul was starting to get into that mid-range area. And he was getting them back in the game. And 31-13 in favor of the Bucks, or in favor of the Suns in that second quarter. And the second half, you know, you go in and the Suns are up by five. I'm thinking to myself, they got one more half, and they got a Game 7 in Phoenix. That third quarter was electric, but it was the Giannis show. It was totally the Giannis show. I mean, not only was he just get into the basket, but he was even hitting short, like, 8-foot mid-ranges and ones take the bump. And DeAndre Ayton, who I said so many good things about in these playoffs and spoke so highly of him in so many series, he didn't look like he wanted any part of Giannis. So, so we all know with Giannis, he's got two signature moves. He's got the Euro step going left, and he has the spin over his right shoulder. And Aiton yesterday, in the beginning of the game, I think it was the first half, Giannis hit Aiton with the Euro step going left, and Aiton didn't get in front of him. He, I guess he guessed wrong or was just a step behind. Giannis lays it up with, with his right hand both times on the left side. And then he started... He countered that, you know, Aiton was anticipating the Euro, Giannis spun over that left shoulder, so it's what I always say about moves, you don't need to have a ton of moves in your bag if you just know how to counter um, those two, if you have one or two great moves and counters to that, then you can have defenders at your mercy, I'm not fully saying Giannis has fully gotten to that level yet, but yesterday he had Aiton confused, and I think a lot of it also is that DeAndre Aiton, one of the criticisms, if you really go back to my videos in the beginning of the season, I said he was scared of contact. And over the course of the playoffs, it didn't look like he was. But last night and throughout this series, he did look like he was. And part of that is because of the way the game was being called. It was a much more physical game and series than other series as reflective upon the scores. You know, Jeff Van Gundy kept saying it because contact is being allowed finally. And that tells you, oh, you know, oh, you want to talk about all the skill of the players. That's why they're scoring 120, 130. When you start, you know, letting players play basketball the way they used to play it, defensively, the scores even today will change. But that's besides the point. Giannis, though, didn't wasn't getting the same uh, leniency in terms of, or should I say, the refs weren't swallowing the whistle with Giannis. The refs were calling a lot of calls for Giannis, you know, when he was going to the basket. It seemed like, as the Suns, I'm like thinking to myself, what can you do? You know what I mean? You kind of basically just have to guess where he's going and take a shot to the chest. And that's tiring and taxing, but it's, you got to put your body on the line in the championship moments. And DeAndre Ayton was scared of getting his body on the line. He was just kind of like, you know, one thing I'll tell you from playing basketball. One thing sometimes I do when I know I'm playing against a guy I can block, sometimes I'll let them get the step in terms of getting the shot off on me, but I know that I can block it just because I'm purposely baiting him into that. And I think Ayton tried doing that in ways where he let Giannis get to the left and tried to pin him, 
But this is Giannis we're talking about. He's a seven-foot freak. You cannot... He's the type of player, like your LeBrons, your Giannis's, NBA players, best NBA players. You can't rely on that. You can't let them go that way and then rely on your athleticism to, to recover. You need to get in front of them and not let them even get the step, which sometimes is a guessing game because in today's NBA, you can't put hands on the driver. So you can't do that. So you have to guess, essentially, and Aiden wouldn't want any part of the contact on that end. And Giannis was torturing him, man. He was getting whatever he wanted. And one thing I loved about Giannis is in the past, he would have settled for, like, a couple threes or, or long jumpers. And he only shot three threes yesterday or in game six and was one of three. And he was going, in that third quarter, he was going to the basket every single time down the court. Like, just straight at the teeth of the defense, putting the pressure on the officials. And that relentlessness takes a lot out of you. You know what I'm saying? 42 minutes played, but every single time to go to the paint like that, it, that's taxing, man. And it just shows the athleticism of Giannis and how strong that motherfucker is. Like, a lot of it's just how strong he is. And yes, you know, you've heard me say, yeah, in the first 35 years of the NBA, you couldn't just barrel into people like that. But Giannis didn't grow up in the 35 year, first 35 years of the NBA where offensive players weren't supposed to initiate contact like that. The game has changed, and everybody adapts to their rules. And Giannis is a strength player, athleticism player, and I'll tell you what, he made some skill shots yesterday, and that's what made this such a the best game of his career because he was making, like, short 10-footers. And I'm not saying that's consistent because it's, it's, it did not look consistent throughout the playoffs, but he did it in spurts, and he would get hot. And a lot of that comes from, you know, getting to the line and just getting seeing the ball go in the basket, and he took off and ran with it. And the most impressive part about Giannis is not just that he made a nice 10-footer uh, on one occasion or an and one from the foul line. He made his free throws. And that's the most shocking part of it all. 17 of 19 from the line. You know, this is not a great free throw shooter. But in the biggest game of your life, to shoot like that from the line, and one of those misses was way at the end of the game when the game was decided, basically. So he basically really missed one free throw. I mean, it doesn't get bigger than that. That's a big game player. That's a hungry player, which we never did, we never denied that. But that's a player that performed in the moment in which his team needed him. 50 points. And yeah, and the Suns tried to come back late in the game. You know, Chris Paul was trying. Devin Booker was trying. I'm afraid it was too little too late. And I think that the Suns just looked rattled. They lost the series by losing game five. You know, game six, it's too hard to go into a hostile, on-the-road atmosphere like that when they can clinch the title on a night like that and expect to win. You have to make, like, all the right plays to do something like that. They lost the series in game five. They lost the series in game four. And Chris Paul tried. I think that yesterday he played well enough. 11 of 19, 26 points. But ultimately, we know who Chris Paul is now in this year, and the media can't fool you any longer. And I've said it all year, and he definitely deserves blame for this finals loss, and so does everyone. You know what I'm saying? It's not one person that stuck out. But the Suns just, they left it too late, and Chris Middleton made some big shots at the end again. And Chris Middleton, a guy that everybody has said, I never said this, but a guy that, and I never, by the way, just for the record, I never said the Bucks are never going to win a championship. I never said Giannis is never going to win with Milwaukee because I don't like saying those things. I don't like trying to push people to small markets. I mean, the big markets, even though my team is big market. And I, I, my team now is a result of Paul George and Kawhi wanting to come to LA because it's a big market because they're from here or whatever. Um, but I want the small markets to succeed because that's what's best for the league. And now with the Bucks winning the championship, this inspires so many stars and can inspire so many people to want to stay with your local team. Because the feeling that Giannis got from winning this championship is so much greater than what some of these... 
I, you know, you can say what you want. I don't know Kevin Durant personally, but I can guarantee you that Giannis feels better than how KD won that first ring. I can guarantee it. Because that is just ama- the way you do it. I'm not saying everybody has to do it that way. Giannis definitely, you got to give the Bucks front office their credit because they brought Drew Holiday in and he made all the difference. Um, and so did PJ Tucker and Bobby Portis who well deserved championship because they worked their dicks off during this playoffs. And PJ Tucker's series was the net series. I mean, he was unbelievable especially guarding KD. Bobby Portis was great. Chris Middleton made huge shots. And going back to Chris Middleton, this is a guy that people say he's a fake all-star. You know, he he can't be the best player, second best player on a championship team. Well, damn right, he's the second best player on a championship team now. And he was the main closer during this run. Because Giannis had a very Shaq-like run, Wilt Chamberlain-like run, you know, where he's not the closer. He still played well in fourth quarters, but he's not the guy in the last two minutes you go to because of foul shots. Not every Not every single game was like last night. Or game six, Chris Middleton. He was the closer for the most part. And Drew Holiday as well. But Chris Middleton, you got to give him to him, man. He was unbelievable in the whole playoffs. 17 points, five rebounds, five assists, and four steals to close it out and win his first championship. Congrats to Chris Middleton, man. And then the one I'm, I mean, Brooke Lopez too. He was obviously less involved in this series because what the Bud figured out, and this was the adjustment that won him the series, was less Lopez, more Giannis at the five, and maybe Bobby Portis at the five. Get Chris Paul to take tougher shots, get Chris Paul out of the mid-range. A lot of switch everything from both teams, but Aiton was clearly being hunted a bit on that Giannis pick and roll. And that's the thing. Giannis was the toughest matchup of the series for either team um, because Devin Booker was great, but Drew Holiday was just so good. And, you know, you want to make Chris Paul be the scorer, honestly. And when they stopped taking Brook Lopez off of him, or sorry, when they stopped letting Brook Lopez switch onto him, that's when Chris Paul was just good. He wasn't amazing. You know, and that's what we were saying in the last series when they played us, the Clippers. We were saying that Chris Paul, without getting switched on, without getting big men on switches, he ain't all that what you think he is anymore. He's a great leader. He makes every game more serious. He will change the culture of your team. He's still an all-star. He's still one of the best point guards in the league. Fact of the matter is, he's not the best player on his team. He is not a superstar, in my opinion, anymore. He is an all-star with a superstar impact. And... Yeah, we saw him. He can't get by people anymore. He can't create his own shot like he used to. And that's just the simple fact of the matter. And I love Chris Paul. He's one of my favorite players of all time. But he blew a golden opportunity. And I don't think he's ever going to get a chance to win a championship like this. He's going to have to go super team three stars to do it. He This was his best chance to ever win a championship and will likely be his best he'll ever get. And he looks like he's going to... I said it for a while. I think Chris Paul is going to go into the John Stockton category, one of the best point guards, one of the best players to ever win a ring. I thought... It was all made for the Suns to win. And I was wrong. They blew it. Four straight. And Chris Paul, Aiden, Booker deserve the most of the blame. Because they're the stars. They're the ones that this team is carried upon. Are we going to really blame Mikael Bridges for going 3-7? Are we going to blame Jay Crowder again? No. This is really on the three guys. Giannis was the best player in the series. And I want to talk about Drew Holiday real quick before we go to the Suns. Drew Holiday was, I mean, he's an LA guy. He played 46 minutes. That was a game high for either team. Booker played 46 as well, but his defense, I mean, look, he shot four of 19, but what do I always say about guys like this? You're Alex Caruso's, and this is Alex Caruso on steroids, you know? Even if guys like that, four of 19, shoot poorly, their defense is so good that they're still making a positive impact on the game, and that's why those guys are always going to be better than just pure bucket getters who can't play a lick of defense, and Drew Holiday's steal in game five, as I said, one of the biggest steals in the history of the NBA. And now it is because he won the championship off that play. And Booker's turnover was crucial. He should have pulled it at mid-range or kicked it to Chris Paul quicker. Drew Holiday got the steal. He got multiple steals, four of them to be exact in game six. And he just 
He deserved this ring, man. He was the difference this year besides Giannis making improvements. And he didn't even... What's crazy is everybody said Giannis is not going to win a championship unless he gets a jump shot. Giannis is not going to win a championship unless he gets real post game. He didn't really do either. He just simplified his game. And I think that's a testament to, in my opinion, the, the less... Hate on me all you want. The weaker competition he's facing in today's NBA. The offensive being protected. But also, just... You don't need to be an amazing jump shooter to win a championship and be the best part of a championship team. That's a myth created by modern fans. You don't need that when you're athletic as, as Giannis is. You just got to know where to operate, not make too many mistakes, and stick to what you're good at. And that's exactly what Giannis did, and he fully deserves this ring, and I'm so happy for him as a neutral fan. So happy for him. And I'm a fan of Giannis, you know? He stayed, and he's hilarious too. So I'm so happy for him, and what a resume he's built up at this age. You know, I remember when Giannis first came into the league, we were talking about the Greek freak, this body that this guy has, and he could be you know, a great player, you know, one of the best in the league, one of the all-time greats, a best friend of championship team. And, you know, I always said he could be. It's always a he could be. But who's really going to fulfill that potential? Tracy McGrady didn't. Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony didn't. Chris Paul didn't. And I'm not saying every single one of those guys I just named had was spoken to about like Giannis. But, man, he did that, man. And I'm not going to talk about all-time rankings or anything like that. But, man, oh, man. He's got a hell of a resume he's building up now. And this, maybe if this is his only championship, so be it. Because what a ring it was. And no asterisk, by the way. He, they won because they were the best team remaining. And yeah, does it pain me that the Clippers weren't there and I think we would have won? Yeah, it does. I think we really, really, really should have been there. And it, it, But I'll tell you this, though. Without Kawhi, we wouldn't have beaten the Bucks. But for the Suns, man, let's just... Look, DeAndre Ayton, he wasn't ready for the moment. He just wasn't. Giannis wore him down on the offensive end. He was he was looking tough tough on defense. But what was most disappointing about Aiden was his lack of assertiveness on offense throughout the series. He didn't want the ball. He didn't want to fight for post position. He did not look good on his jump hooks. He shot 4 of 12 in game 6. And somehow he still shot 53% for the series. But his stats went down in this series compared to the last couple stats. Where against the Clippers, I said it again. I'll say it again, I should say. He was the best player in that series for Phoenix. He was timid in this series. And it's a learning experience for for Aiton, he did not perform well enough. Booker, 28 points a game in the series. Honestly, the least at fault in my eyes. He had an amazing game four and five. He just did not play well in game six. Uh, 19 points, eight of 22, 0 of seven from three, and five or six turnovers. It was not a good night for Book. And obviously, he made big mistake. I'm not. He made a big mistake in game five, and there were stretches of that game where he could have been better. I think game four, I I wouldn't blame Book. And then Chris Paul, game four, he screwed up so bad. And he wasn't good enough in game five. And despite the fact that Chris Paul's stats are going to look amazing, 22 points, eight assists, 50% plus from the field, 50% from three. You're kidding yourself if you think he was he was good enough. No, he wasn't good enough. He can't get by anybody. And fair enough, if you think that's just what he is, if that's just what you think he is and you know what he is, then he's not as good as what everybody says. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually like, I, I love Chris Paul, but I'm not going to lie, a part of me as a Clipper fan if, he, if, he, if he's going to win a ring, I want him to do it in Clippers. If he doesn't do it with Clippers, so be it. I want to see us win first. Um, and yeah, he wasn't good enough. And also defensively, he was just not that great. And he's just not that great anymore on that end. Great anticipation, great communication, great hands. He can't guard guys one-on-one -on -one the same way anymore. He guards Pat Connaughton most of the game because he cannot guard anybody else. And campaign. Also, something that does not go into stats is how much Chris Paul stops the ball and he dribbles too much. And the Suns predicated this season off a of ball movement and swinging it. And a lot of times during this playoffs, because the defense tightens up, Chris Paul wants to dribble too much. That happened and it slows down the pace of the game. And something that you're not seeing in a box score that is very important in basketball, especially as a point guard, is pace and controlling of that pace. And I think the Bucks were the more physical team after they played at a more comfortable pace that suited them and I think that they 
were the hungrier team. PJ, Bobby, they had more dogs. The Suns, they just looked a little rattled and a little beaten up. And it's just kind of, I don't want to call the Suns frauds because I don't like using terms like that, but this was the first healthy team they played and they got bullied a little bit. And they weren't ready for it. And Chris Paul blew his best chance at a finals. He blew it. And like, look, if you're going to tell me what did I expect from him, I honestly didn't expect much. This is who I thought he was. I just I just knew who he was. And I think a lot of people didn't. And I'm actually kind of happy about this because the media would have literally tried to program all your brains, all your feeble minds out there, not my subscribers who are knowledgeable basketball fans, that would have tried to program you into thinking that Chris Paul's a consensus top five point guard. And if you do not have him in your top five, you're stupid. That's just not the case, my friends. So you can keep debating all you want. I ain't going to do that here. Chris Paul didn't do it. Booker did Booker, he could have been a little better. Ultimately, the Bucks are the ones that reign victorious this season and well deserved to the fans. To the Suns fans out there, my guys, shout out to my guys, Suns Mob, nothing but Suns. Uh, all the guys that follow me on Instagram, the guys that follow me on Twitter, um, Vladislav, all you guys that follow me, uh, Suns fans. I, I'm really sorry. Um, I do feel for you guys, and I don't feel for fans. I'm a Clipper fan, so I don't feel sympathy for anybody, but you guys have been a franchise longer than we have. You've been to the finals three times now. This was I, I just thought this was the year for the Suns. I really thought it was. And it's so unfortunate for them that they didn't come home. Um, six games, man. To lose four in a row, it, that's tough. And I don't know what the future holds for the Suns, but I don't really care right now. Uh, it's the Bucks' time to celebrate. It's the Bucks' time. I'm, I can't wait to see the scenes of the parade. Congrats to all you Bucks fans out there. Uh, I don't know how many we got. I know uh, Nick Kamen, I think that's his name. Kimbro, whatever your name is. I'm sorry if I'm not, I'm butchering that. I appreciate you for supporting the channel. Congrats to your Bucks, man. Uh, 105.98 is the final score. Giannis with a historic finals. 35 points a game. This gave me Dwayne Wade vibes, 2006. Really gave me Dwayne Wade vibes. First finals, young player to perform like that. But you know what? Those two losses last year, Miami and uh, Toronto, really prepared the Bucks for this. So... That's And that's the best part about it. Natural growth together. You know, when the going gets tough, the tough don't quit. People are saying break it up. The Bucks ain't going to win. Why? Because they lost two years in a row. So because it's, you don't win two years, then you quit when you have a young team like that. And credit to the Bucks for an office, man. Drew Holiday, worth every penny and pick they traded. Congrats to UCLA, Campbell Hall, local Drew. Way to do it, buddy. We all support you out here in Los Angeles. You are a class act. Um, I support Drew Holiday so much. And he earned this. And he's one of the best perimeter defenders, obviously, in this era. One of the best defenders in this era. And he he has a case now as one of the best perimeter defenders of all time. Because you look at the rules he's playing in. Clearly, they allowed more physicality with Drew. Um, the fact that he only had one foul last night was a little bogus. I mean, he totally, like, for modern rules, fouled more. But that's just the way the game is. In the finals, they're going to swallow the whistle a bit. And we want to see that as fans anyway. And Drew Holiday was amazing. But 105-98, the Bucks win their second ever ring. Giannis with 50 points. 14 rebounds and five blocks. Blocks. Might I talk about the incredible rotations and pins and blocks that Giannis made? He was also guarding Chris Paul switches very well. He was phenomenal. 16 of 25 from the field. 64% shooting, that is. And the free throws, of course. I mean, unbelievable. What a performance. Bobby Portis, 16 points, 6 of 10. And the Bucks are your champions. And that does it for me. My first season of Dime Dropper Man. I am so thankful for all you guys, the subscribers, the fans. It's been a great time. I've broken it down from game one. I've given you as much content on so many other teams, not just the LA teams. LA, it was tough. It didn't come back to Los Angeles this year. Delario B, 
But for the Clippers, we made history. I had such an incredible time. All my videos are up. You can check them out. It was an amazing run. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Boston fans, you guys, I don't know, man. I didn't get as much feedback as I would have liked this season, so I may not follow you guys the same way next year. All the other team's fans, thank you so much. The Dime Dropper fam, that's it for the season. I will not be doing free agency content like that. I just don't have any interest in doing it. I don't feel like it. So the plans for this summer, here's what we're doing. We will be doing, see, here's the thing. Everyone's saying, oh, no basketball. The ball don't stop here, my friends. This is Dime Dropper. This is year-round. Remember, the timeline will continue. Dime Dropper Time Machine will be beginning. I will be targeting every Monday for a video to be released. A video breakdown of a game from the past in my chronological timeline. We will be starting at the late 60s. I think the first video will be the 1969 All-Star Game, so you can see a glimpse of that talent. I'll be breaking it down detail style. Very similar, similarly to my breakdown videos in the bubble. Go check those out on my channel. Go to earliest videos. You can find those with me talking over the actual footage. And then we'll have some novelty videos maybe. Like I'll share like I, I told you guys I read Bill Russell's book. Maybe I'll share like some interesting parts of that book. And then I'll be going live once a week to check in with you guys on Wednesdays. I will announce the time, but on Wednesdays I will be going live to just interact with you guys. I won't keep the video up probably, um, but just interact with you guys. And then I'll be having many guests this summer. I will not announce who. I don't. I will not. I won't be announcing whether they are just normal guests or their dime dropper featuring guests, which is official guests like Will. That's only been one dime dropper featuring with Will Johnson from the Oregon Ducks. Please go check that out. It's pinned to the channel. And then, of course, Instagram and TikTok content are going to be coming more frequently. The threads on Twitter about each year of the NBA will also be coming with footage as well. So make sure you follow me on all platforms. So that's it, guys. Um, Instagram posts as well uh, on historic players. So yeah, that's what's going to be coming this summer. I cannot wait. Thank you so much for supporting. I apologize that I didn't get to go live, but I hope this 30-minute video will be entertaining and good quality, and I hope you enjoyed it, man. Thank you guys so much. It was an awesome first season. I look forward to next season, but it's not like I'm going to see you next season. I'll be seeing you soon. Peace.